Are you ready for the end of the world? Or the beginning of a new one? You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Wake up! And be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Ord Energy Mind. And this is Tree Song. And my resolution is to say 2014 and to learn how to say my own promo after 14 years. <laughs> yeah. I skipped a little part again. <laughs> yeah. Just like. That's okay. You got it a couple weeks in a row. <laughs> just like, um, happy nude rear. Um, <laughs> I guess that's about all we got to say. Yeah. It's a happy new year. Um, Nothing else new. We can just go home and take a nap. <laughs> I'm going to try to, let's see if I can play this about being prepared. Okay. Be prepared. If there was an emergency, would your family have enough water and non-perishable food to last three days? We asked families across the country. Here are some of their answers. Well, we depend mostly on our meats, on our refrigerator, on, you know, cooking that way. So most of our foods are in the refrigerator. Once the electricity goes out, your refrigerator goes out. So you can only use that for a certain amount of time. We usually eat fresh food daily. You know, in the pantry of like granola bars yeah. and canned that's tomatoes, true. you know. That's true, but uh, that's really not survival food. Tomato paste. The brand of dog food that I do purchase for the dogs, as well as the cats, are edible by humans. We could even share the same bowls. <laughs> How about my own bowl? Is your plan any better? To learn more about making an emergency plan for your family, go to ready.gov. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. (laughs) It's all right. We're like the riff tracks, laugh track here. We got, yeah. I forgot our mics were on. We were laughing at to be prepared with dog food. I think that was actually more effective than what I was expecting. I was expecting a serious one like... Oh, I've I've discovered I have stockpiled, you know, two months worth of food. But, <laughs> but putting it that way, it's like, yeah. It's like, um, is that your plan for preparedness? Be prepared. Basically, I'm saying that because, um, in case you didn't know, it's cold and it's supposed to get colder. I did post, um, what do you call it, the temperature here on my Living Off Grid uh, Facebook blog, and. Um, a friend of mine in Wisconsin said, ha! That's a heat wave. <laughs> it's a heat wave. Heat wave, like, yeah. I was just like, but yeah, you're used to it. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, not as used to it in Southern Illinois. And it's going to warm up this afternoon a little bit again, but then it's going to get tomorrow really but cold. That's the thing. That's what drives me <clears throat> crazy about here is, uh, what do you call it? Climate change has made it now that the temperatures go extreme. Yeah. So, like, you know, it'll be 60 degrees and then it'll be. 15. Yeah. And then it'll be, you know, today is supposed to be what? 40? And then tonight it'll be like, you know, 5 degrees. Yeah. You know, it's just like, ah, it just. It enough. can't make up its mind. No, it, yeah, it's just like. That's what worries me about climate change's effect on Southern Illinois. I hope it doesn't make it, keep, make it even worse, these extremes. Well, we I got mean, some that's of these. What climate change means. It's like, yeah. It's bipolar weather, schizo weather. It <laughs> does the same weather patterns, they're just more extreme. And it's just like, you can't get, if it's like cold for a period of time, you get used to the cold. Yeah. But if it's like hot, cold, hot, cold. There's no getting used to it. So friend? <laughs> I don't know. It's just like. I'm probably not qualified to diagnose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have you ever had one that it's, you don't know, they, they're, 
anyway. <laughs> Their mental status changes rapidly. Changes, yes. Changes you, rapidly. You, you, you can't keep up. That's what the weather. Yeah, the weather is like that here. And it's going to get even colder than it is today in the next few days. So, yeah, now while it's nice and sunny out, it's time to prepare. And then you can be prepared for the future, too. Because there are occasionally these days, especially in the winter, where suddenly you're just in your house for a couple days if you want to be be safe and not be out on icy roads. I think this this news article here is pretty interesting because they're finally catching up to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay? This was um, New Year's party was fueled by human power. Yes, human power. If you ever want to... Um, I powered a Super Bowl party back in 2008 by bicycle power. So, um, unfortunately, they didn't hire me to do this one. Cause yeah. <laughs> I could see just in the pictures some things that were wrong. Yeah. It was just like, it looked pretty, but there was like some mechanical, just slight things. Yeah. Like, we could send them a letter say, you know, I, I could do it better next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably not because they made it really look pretty. I can't do that. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean... They tried to make mine look pretty, but they had to do a lot of rubber mats covering wires and yeah. But it worked really well. <laughs> so, um, so this New Year's Eve, um, they well, part of it is made possible by the fact that everything is being switched over to LEDs. Yeah, which use like ninety percent less than those antique bulbs, which, in case you didn't know, <laughs> are now not illegal. They're contraband. But outbanned. Yeah, they're, they, they don't sell them anymore. They don't manufacture them or sell them or import them yeah. into the United States. They're not going to bust down your door and take it away from you. No, <laughs> they could probably remarket them as heat lamps. Yeah, they could. Okay, we're getting off this story. But yeah. So 32,256 about LED bulbs powered completely by human energy. Inside 11,875 pound about geodesic sphere. Yeah. Covered in 2,688 Waterford crystals. That was the globe this year. Yep. I was happy. I saw it on New Year's Eve and I was happy it was a geodesic dome too because, you know, it's a shout out to Buckminster Fuller. I mean, they didn't mention Buckminster Fuller, so people probably don't know, but I know as a Bucky person that uh, there, there it was. It was a geodesic dome. And the reason why I said there was a problem with it, and I call BS, Mm. is there was only six bicycles. (laughs) There's no way that they produced enough power to actually power that, unless they had been pedaling for like a week. Yeah. Okay, ahead of time. Yeah, they had. They had, it mentions here later in this story, actually, that um, part of how they did it was by storing in batteries, too. Right. But so they were kind of cheating a little bit, you know. It makes it look like these six people are powering it in the moment, when really... You know that they, they, they were <laughs> unless they were pedaling really fast, they were relying on battery power. Yeah, I mean, when I did my Super Bowl party, um, again, it was batteries. Yeah. But we were really strict about it that the batteries at the end had to be as charged up at the beginning. Yeah. So it actually was powered by. Yeah. Because the thing is, is humans don't create a steady enough power supply for most energy requirements. Yeah. Um, it could be kind of fun for this, like a pulsing New Year's ball. <laughs> like they start getting tired, it dims out, and the, whoever is yeah, managing I mean, you it. You could actually power. I mean, I have built an energy cycle that you just pedal and it lights up, you know, light bulbs. Yeah. Lights up the antique incandescent, a compact fluorescent bulb, or an LED. And you could just see which was easier. 
I actually recently looked up my YouTube channel and a video I took of a, a bicycle like that mm. at an energy fair in North Carolina had like 12,000 hits. <laughs> yeah. Most of them I have like four or 500 hits, but that one was like, what? Yeah, that one took off. It's so only like a minute long and it's literally like you get on the bicycle, you pedal and on the handlebars are like, you know, multiple bulbs and you yeah. can switch the, flip the switches to see and you could actually see how hard it was for the guy to pedal an incandescent bulb versus a compact fluorescent because it was, well, 75% less complicated or yeah. energy. Yeah, I like that because it, it helps demonstrate in human terms what this energy means because if you say someone, tell someone a certain number of watts or kilowatts, they just they may not have any concept of it if they're not an engineer. But if you show them pedaling and they can barely pedal one of the incandescents and then they pedal and they power three or four of the LEDs, then there you go. I mean, they, they on this on this ball, they uh, switched from compact fluorescence to LEDs and half the energy usage. Yeah. So they went from uh, 30,000 watts <coughs> to 15,000 watts. Yeah, that's and pretty that's good. And that's where I call bull. Because a, a average human person pedaling... <laughs> can produce 50 watts an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and before I did my big Super Bowl thing and tabulated all the information, the Internet said an average person could produce 150 watts. <laughs> yeah. And we found out, okay, someone who rides, like, you know, 100 miles a day or something, yeah. can do 150 watts, like yeah. a marathoner. But an average person, 50 watts. Yeah. Because the thing is, is you can pedal and produce a lot of energy, but it's over time. Yeah. And so, you know... When you ever say watt, it's energy used or produced over an hour. Yeah. Because it's watt hours, really. So, all right. I didn't think we'd start the year out with, like, educational material. <laughs> yeah, we're actually learning stuff about <laughs> green energy. <laughs> was just What's like, that all about? Oops. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> should we have some resolutions? I don't know. I mean, it seems like... Um, a resolution is an idea of what you're planning to do for like the first two weeks of January, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> just like well, that would be if there's a that'd be a good don't resolution. Even bother yeah. Making a resolution. You could just make resolutions that involve making a one-time change in the first couple of weeks of January. There you go. <laughs> then you said if it's like I'm going to change my bulbs to LEDs, then you're done. It's just one time, and there you go. <laughs> it's finished. Change writing 2013, I, but people don't write checks anymore, huh? Yeah. Yeah, so occasionally. But I've decided that at some point by the end of this year, I'm going to stop writing 2013. <laughs> <laughs> Just like... <laughs> so, um, in other news, another oil hauling train explodes, forcing evacuations in North Dakota. No, this was not a planned New Year's Eve what do you fireworks party yeah it's not a planned fireworks display <laughs> a 106 car crude hauling train derailed and exploded on monday the latest unfortunate consequences of the mad scramble to get fracked oil to refineries by rail nobody was hurt because it was in the middle of north dakota <laughs> but the nearby town did heed evacuation calls as toxic smoke billowed over their homes quote that is too close for comfort Castleton Mayor Ed McConnell told the AP, There have been numerous derailments in this area. It's almost gotten to the point where it looks like it's not as if we're going to have an accident. It's when. Yeah. Now, I do know our rail system is pretty torn up. I, um, I guess New Year's Eve Eve, 
I rode from Chicago down. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever, I rode on one of those double-deckers. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, you know, the train leaves at 8 o'clock. I'll sleep all night, get <laughs> home, you know, home, you know, 1.30 in the morning. It'll be fine. First of all, the train was delayed like two hours because of the, the weather. Yeah. I think. I don't know. Just delayed. I get on it. I immediately fall asleep and immediately wake up. Because the train is like swaying yeah. and going back and forth. And it's like, man, it's more comfortable to ride on an airplane. <laughs> but, you know, I was like way up there. Yeah, you're, yeah, I just sway a lot on that second floor there. It's just like, so I did get about an hour's worth of sleep in that train ride. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's good nobody was hurt in this fire. But, I mean, this this is symptomatic of the, what happens when you ship all of that fracked oil across uh, cross country by rail. It's the whole percentages thing. Like they say with the fracking of the wells, like they say, oh, only a few percentage points of them break immediately. <laughs> and it's like if you're doing thousands of them, then a few percentage points is pretty significant. That means definitely some people are going to get their water supply polluted. And in this case, they're going to have a burning hunk of metal for a day uh, that blows up in the middle of their town. Well, um, we could follow China's example. Hmm. Eight million acres of China's farmland are now too polluted to grow food. You'd think that China would be big enough that it could grow food for all the people who live there and keep food clear of the worst contamination of its growing industrial pollution. But nope, these two things are happening quite near each other, Reuters reports. China's determination to squeeze as much food and resources as possible from its land has put thousands of farms close to chemical plants, mines, and other heavy industries, raising the level of contamination. Now, the Chinese government land survey mm. has said that as much as 70% of China's soil could have problems. Yeah. That's 70% of the soil. I mean... And we're having problems. I've, I have read stories of food coming from China. Yeah. That they're starting to find trace, um, you know, uh, what is it, heavy metals. Yeah, heavy metals are a big problem with uh, some of the fossil fuel use. And it's... I mean, it's what do you do if you can't grow food? Once you're not able to grow food anymore, you're out of luck. I mean, earlier this year, rice with scary high levels of the heavy metal cadmium showed up in markets. Yeah. Now, the Chinese government says it's going to throw billions and billions of yen or dollars at the problem. You know. Yeah. But it's not a good sign. Not a good sign. And we're trying to do that here. Yeah, we're trying to do that here. And one thing to remember, oftentimes when we hear about the environmental disasters over in China, we think, oh, you know, the the bad Chinese, they're doing all these things to their environment. But they're doing it in large part to create products for us. You know, we are one of the huge import markets that they export to. And so... Really? Yeah. We we get a lot of stuff from China. I mean... You I know, didn't know that. I thought... I mean, it's not all made in the U.S. here, the stuff that we get. <laughs> it's like, we're talking about food, right? Oh, well, we, yeah, we get some food from... <laughs> We get some food from there, so some of the food is going to have heavy metals. But all these, like, uh, gadgets we get, gadgets and, like, plastic things and manufactured I think, goods. I think a lot of prepared food comes from China also. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So that's really, like, when you hear about China, I mean, you may not even hear about China at all polluting from other news sources. But if you do, then remember that a lot of that pollution is actually externalities from us. You know, we, we're having them pollute so that we don't have to. <laughs> That sounds like a plan. Yeah, it's a good plan. They get their sore poison to make our toys for us. There you go. It's very nice of us. Okay, why is this next one news? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like... It's news. Well, this is... We've reported on this before. Uh, there's a lot of changes in the laws here in the U.S. Uh, the medical marijuana movement is expected to trump in the triumph in the new year. Not only has um, Colorado already had legal marijuana sales begin, um, but the thing is, is Colorado hasn't made it legal, mm. but then certain places are now banning it. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, okay, well, we don't want, you know, I mean, technically, Illinois, they could make, you know, we could, didn't we make it legal? Yeah, that's later in the story. It does mention that it's right. uh, medical is legal here. Okay, now. medical marijuana is legal, but we're not allowed to smoke. <laughs> yeah, you know, because there's no smoking. Yeah, so it means you can't smoke. Yeah, in the comfort of your home. Right. I mean, it's <laughs> it's just like I mean, so people who are saying okay, it's legal, but no, it's n- okay, it's legal as medical marijuana. <laughs> it's not legal to smoke <laughs> in public. In public, yeah, because <laughs> you're not allowed to smoke in public. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you smoke, <laughs> so remember that. So you could still get arrested. Yeah, you could still get arrested for it if you're smoking <laughs> in front of a building. You know, <laughs> they might really. I bet with with that new law that maybe they'll really enforce those 15 foot buffers or whatever the buffer is around yeah, buildings. Yeah, so they'll not just for cigarettes, but for um, marijuana. And yeah. so um, Denver Airport has already banned the substance, as have ski resorts, and it's. Um, it's unclear whether sellers will be able to keep their money in banks. I'm unclear about that part. Yeah. But, um... There's still a lot of uncertainty because the federal government still considers it illegal. Right. And Washington is still struggling with basic questions for, you know, um, retail and advertisements and taxes. Yeah. Because, again, it's legal in the state, but it's not federally legal. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if you sell something and there's, you know, I mean... There's taxes. Yeah. And you've got to pay the taxes. taxes. Yeah. You get busted. I mean, are the feds going to say, um, you can't give us that money because that was from marijuana? Yeah. I mean, that'd be nice. You know, they said, oh, okay, well, yeah, give it, just, you know, donate it to charity. So. So, yeah, a lot of kinks to work out still. And this, this article actually doesn't mention it, but there are a lot of uh, environmental impacts, too, related to uh, industrial hemp, like now that it's legal in Colorado and Washington, there are people considering growing it industrially. And that's, for me, more, much more important because um, you grow um, industrial hemp, you can in one year grow as much fiber as you can in, what is it, about 10 years for trees. Yeah. Whatever that's called, pulp. So, like, if you need paper, you need fiber for clothes, et cetera, et cetera, you can, because it's a faster growing crop, you can grow that. And so for me, that's much more important. Yeah, this could save the lives of a lot of trees if we have a switch over to industrial hemp. And there's a lot of nutritious benefits to it as a food source, too. So so in, in a couple of states, they're going to do that as an experiment and see if they get all their toys taken away. <laughs> but the, the State Department, the, well, the Department of Justice has vowed to monitor but not block Washington and Colorado's experiment. We'll see how that goes. I know they, they said similar things about the medicinal in California and then started raiding places, but uh, we'll see. The year is young. All right. The year is young. You can help save the planet with these 15 somewhat easy steps. Should these be resolutions? Hmm. I don't know. 
Do you care about saving the planet? I don't know. <laughs> Do you like saving money? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Some of these will save you money, so if nothing else, you can go for the money savings. So, all right. Saving money. Um, the EPA reports that global temperature is expected to rise by 2 to 11 degrees Fahrenheit by 2100. All right. Let's figure out a few things. Yeah, your actions will help determine how much it rises. <laughs> well, we only got like seven minutes. Yeah. Not driving a big car all over the place by yourself. Yeah, so we can just do these as bullet points. Not having a lot of kids. you know. And if you do have kids, consider their environmental impact. Don't idle your car. Don't eat lots of meat. Don't vote for climate change denying and pro-oil representatives. Yeah, because they pass That's all sorts of... That's an expensive one. Yeah, <laughs> that is like, expensive. I thought these were supposed to be easy. <laughs> yeah, it costs more money to get the, the clean green ones. <laughs> uh, don't take a really long shower. Uh, that's what I'm guilty of. Oh, yeah, it's like, take a bath. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, avoid buying things from China. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, we just talked about We just about talked it. about that. If you don't want to pollute their, their industry, you can buy local. Um, only 2.7% of U.S. consumer spending goes to Chinese goods. So we recognize that buying things from China is not going to make or break your environmental footprint. Really? Yeah. See, look at that. All this saying everything's from China? Yeah, it's only 2.7. I don't believe that, but oh well. Yeah, well, it's, it's of the spending, so maybe it's a lot of small, cheaper stuff. Yeah. Stop wasting paper. That's another good one. Avoid flying across the country multiple times a year. Yeah. Well, I don't have flying superpowers yet, so. <laughs> Just like, don't waste food. Yeah. 40% of the food in America is thrown away. Quit eating out of season. I need to do better about this one, too. Stop using as much electricity and unplug when possible. Cut back on air conditioner use. That's easy now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't turn on the air conditioner today, whatever you do. Like, <laughs> um. Don't worsen America's dog obsession. Yeah. You don't have to give up your pooch, but try creating your own dog food or buying it local. Use or, you know, eco-friendly products, etc. And so. this is a big one. Seal up your house. Like energy efficiency. Make sure your house isn't leaking all that heat out. Now, I thought my house, I have a nice little house. Mm -hmm. You know, it was easy to cool, easy to heat. And I realized that's because it's little, yeah. not because it's sealed up. Because <laughs> this last few days of wind... I crank the heat all the way up, and it's still cold in there. There's drafts. Yeah. So, like, I'm going to find where, the, you know, I found where there are and mark them. And as soon as we get a nice warm day, I'm going to start. You can buy that spray foam cans, and you can do. Yeah. Mostly it was weather stripping around the doors and for me. Yeah. So. And sometimes you don't notice that until the wind really picks up. This, this next news article... Um, I happened to read it last week, and I thought it was very interesting. Um, taking carbon out of the air and making it into plastic and making it into things. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, they, uh, they pulled carbon out of the air and they make it into plastic. It's called air carbon, but they might as well call it abracadabra. <laughs> well, it's not quite magic. It's economical. Scientists have known for a while that it's possible, just not cheap. But uh, two people have come up with a catalyst that they say is ten times more efficient than other possibilities. And the best part of the story, it doesn't say it here, but what I had read, it was two guys working like as um, you know a waiter and a, a valet. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, to make the money to, in their spare time, come up with this. Yeah. And they had approached um, Dow Chemical, and they had approached a lot of big companies 
to like sponsor them and those companies were like forget it (laughs) we've tried in our labs it's not possible yeah and they were able to on their own on their own just the two of them they did it that's the power of being an independent thinker (laughs) now does it make does it also make climate sense it sounds more economical does it make climate sense well an independent analysis found that process of making air carbon does capture more carbon than it emits but it's it's not all that much carbon uh, but it's a start. Yeah, it is a start. It, the fact that it makes it captures more carbon than it uses is good. There's no manufacture. Well, very few manufacturing processes. Even making solar panels mm. produces pollution. Yeah. But you know, the first batch of solar they put up on the factory, and then from then on, you know, each batch of solar produces less pollution. Yeah. But still, it's, it's still not. Some, yeah. You know, neutral. Here's a manufacturing process that's neutral. Yeah, it's a carbon negative process. So yeah, I. Uh, yeah, they say it closely resembles polypropylene and could be a cheaper alternative. The best part is you can help the planet by buying things. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the motto here, yeah. <laughs> Just like... But yeah, I'm glad at least that it is a carbon negative because sometimes they have inventions like this and it actually hurts more than it helps. So... <clears throat> thank God it's the new year. Uh, 2014. Hey! <laughs> You, you did it. Yes. Like I'm keeping up with my resolution. <laughs> so, yeah, some holidays coming up. Uh, drinking Straw Day is uh, today. Look at that. <laughs> Just like, I don't... That's one thing you can do to help the environment. If you don't use a drinking straw, tell your waiter or waitress that you don't. Because mm-hmm. if they bring it to the table, they have to throw it away. Yeah. So once it's on the table, it's been contaminated and can't be reused. So... Yeah. Um... Saturday is World Hypnotism Day. You are getting you sleepy. You give all your money to the government. <laughs> I'll give it all to WDBX. Oh, that's my Twitter. <laughs> yes. It's just like... All right, let's see. Oh, birthday of Isaac Newton coming up on Saturday. And, uh... Let's see. Tuesday, I'm not going to take it anymore. Day. <laughs> yes. Just for a day. I don't know what that means, but... And Orthodox Christmas also coming up. Wednesday is show and tell day at work and the birthday of Elvis Presley. Yes. Who's that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> just like He's a musician. Um He's a performer, I guess you'd say. And Thursday is Richard M. Nixon's birthday. So for all of our listeners who celebrate Richard Nixon's birthday, that's coming up on Thursday. All right. Some, some happenings. Let's get through them real quick. For Kids' Sake Art Submissions, now through January 6th, For Kids' Sake is uh, Kids Art for Kids. That's yeah. why it's called For Kids' Sake. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be held in April, and the idea is raising money for Bangladeshi orphans and school children. Yeah. So, so it's going to a really good cause, and it's nice art made by kids, and it's it's from students of all ages up through university level. So you can be a, an art student at SIU too and donate well, to this. Couldn't you just be a student of life? Oh yeah, you could be a student of life too. It's <laughs> like um, more information info at forkidssake.net. Yes. Also coming up, we have game night. Game night happens on Wednesdays at seven p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center. Start the new year right with game night. I just went over there last Wednesday. It was a really fun time. We stayed up really late playing the Firefly game that we got over at Castle Perilous. Um, 
Not till January 19th, but Rise Up for Change, the 15th Annual Southern Illinois MLK Community Celebration. That's at the Carbondale Civic Center. Mark your calendars for Sunday, January 19th. Yes. It's a good time over there. And I, and they've got a community choir that sings with that, too. I'm actually going to go and help with the community choir again this year. So you get to hear me sing, <laughs> for better or for worse. Oh, I was going to say, what? <laughs> yes. I've never heard you sing in there. Well, I sing better in groups, you know. Like, I've got people to back me up there who sing better than I do. Um, I do want to send a shout out to Pamela in the Philippines. Ah, so yeah, hello to Pamela. Um, she said she was going to listen on the internet, so oh, cool. I don't know if she made it through the whole show. It's yes. like she probably started listening at the beginning and then was like, "What yeah. kind of show is this?" So we've got an intercontinental show going on here. <laughs> people like, from other continents listening. That's the, we're global. Yeah, We've gone I mean, global. The, that's what the internet does, right? <laughs> yes. Um, Finally, we've got one more here. It's the Taste of Chocolate. I want to give you advance notice of this coming up on February 7th at the Carbondale Civic Center. This is a benefit for the Women's Center. It's uh, I've I still haven't made it to this yet, but I've got to make it to it because it's it's chocolate. It's supporting the Women's Center. It's about everything I could imagine in a community event. So, did, for, you, did you mention chocolate and women? <laughs> yes. And, it, and, and supporting women? Yes, and supporting the community. It's a really good time. You can contact the Women's Center, uh, thewomenscenter.org, or thewomensctr.org, 618-549-4807, extension 228. All right, everybody. If you're in our immediate listening area, stay warm. Yes, stay warm. Prepare for the cold. And listen to our show again, and that will really warm you up. Yeah. (laughs) 